Good morning. It's good to be back. Bezat Hashem. Today we'll be learning Daf Nun Vav in Maseches Gittin, and we will start, however, Nun Hayam and Beis. Very cheerful to be back. Uh, as Moshe Aziz Shlita said on the chat, very cheerful to be back. Even though the uh, theme of the Gemara is not so cheerful, the Perik Perik Hanizakin was discussing all the Tikkun Olam. All the gezeras the Chazal made me pnei tikkun olam, and this last mission over here on Nunheim and Beis that we were learning, we're talking about the sikrikon beYehuda, the harugei melchama, uh, how to handle uh, the situations uh, that were really very dangerous in the times of the korban. Right, we were under siege, as we will discuss in the Gemara. So we'll start four lines down in the wide, the two dots. Amar Rabbi Yochanan. Yeah, there's a mafia. There's a mafia the reference mafia here. here. Not just the Roman mafia, the Jewish mafia, as we will see. It was also Jewish. Yeah, as we will see. The um, it, it, it was a, it was a crazy time, uh, to say the least. And we'll be getting into that in great detail over the next few days. It's a dafyomi coincidence, right? Because we are in the period of the three weeks, and it is uh, very appropriate. In fact, these gemaras can be learned on Tisha B'av itself. Uh, very few can. But th- these can because they speak of the destruction of the uh, of the base of Mikdash. I should say, I didn't get a chance. Uh, we were talking about Tikkun Olam. This is whatever a concept that was a little bit popularized. Um, the Tikkun Olam uh, was taken a little out of hand and was popularized by saying that this is really the the, the purpose of, of of the. I mean, there is. Uh, a lot of, to say about tikkun olam and making the world a better place as far as, you know, why we have, uh, why we do mitzvos, but it's not, that's not the reason why we do the mitzvos. Tikkun olam uh, has been taken a little bit out of context in popular culture in some, in some circles. Uh, what it really means in the Gemara is this idea that when you have a compromised situation, the Chazal made certain provisions in order to try to normalize it, in order to keep life going in a normal way. But it doesn't really mean that that's the whole point of uh, of uh, Har Sinai and Maimad Har Sinai of Tikkun Olam. Although we do always strive, maybe Zohar, to make the world a better place. Uh, and without further ado, since these Agaratas are very long, we will now resume with Amar Rabbi Yochanan. Here we go. Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Okay, so this is a Pasuk in Mishle that says that a person that is always Ashrei Adam, right? Fortunate is the man who's always fearful and he hardens his heart uh, and he that hardens, and rather, and he that hardens his heart will come to harm. In other words, if you're Mephachet Tamid, if you're always careful and fearful, then you will be rewarded. That is a fortunate thing. However, if you're stubborn, if you're makshalibo, that's not good. So in other words, don't be stubborn. Don't assume that you know what you're doing. You should always sort of second guess yourself. Tosfos over here, last Tosfos on Nehem and Beis, says, what do you mean? Didn't we learn in Masechus Brachos already that it's terrible, that if you see that a person is always nervous and anxious, that that's a chet? So the last line in the Tosfos, let's look at the last line in the Tosfos on Hayon Bay, it says, Yeah, there's two kinds of anxiety. There's anxiety over nothing, where you're just anxious, and there's anxiety over real things. So obviously context matters. It all depends, right? If you're anxious about something, you know, mitzvahs and doing and fulfilling your potential and treating people right and, you know, and those kinds of things, so then that... 
you should second guess yourself. You should always be striving to do the best and always do so very deliberately. However, when it comes to things that you can't control and things that are, right, more trivial, so that is what you're not supposed to have any anxiety over. So that's what Tosos points out. So I think that that is very relevant. Okay. Well, how is that? How is that relevant to what we're talking about? Says the Gemara. There it is, Goranowitz. Kamsa bar Kamsa. There's three stories that we're about to, that we're about to introduce. Kamsa bar Kamsa. Because of him, uh, that story, Yerushalayim was destroyed. We'll talk about Turmalka. Maybe at the end of today, maybe tomorrow. This was, Turmalka was a uh, very large population area that, was what? Destroyed because of Rooster and a hen, as we'll talk, talk about tomorrow. Ashaka de Rispak Harv Betar. And because of something having to do with the side of a carriage, Betar was destroyed. We'll talk about each of the three stories. Let's start with the first one, Okay, what is this, by the way, what does this have to do with the Rabbi Yochanan's Pasuk? Well, we're going to see. These stories are going to talk about situations where people didn't think through what the consequences of their actions were enough, right? It, it, they didn't through, think through enough as to, you know, how their actions would correlate and have a ripple effect. So the first one is a story, famous story of Kamsa Bar Kamsa. What happened? There were two people, Kamsa and his enemy, Bar Kamsa. Abatsudasa. So, um, there was a banquet. Okay, and Amarle the Shame Zil Aiti Le Kamsa, right? So there was a person who had a friend named Kamsa and an enemy named Bar Kamsa, and that person made a wedding. Let's say, so Amarle the Shame Zil Aiti Le Kamsa. So he invited Kamsa, that was his friend. Azalite Le Bar Kamsa, but accidentally the invitation went to the enemy Bar Kamsa. Okay, so fast forward right to. The wedding, the host arrives, and sure enough, the wrong person sitting. Instead of his friend Kamsa, his enemy Bar Kamsa is sitting there. Look here. Uh, that that man is the enemy of me. In other words, this person is my enemy. My Baisacha. What do you want? What? Why just ignore it? Why, just, Why didn't he just ignore it? So, yeah, just walk by and not talk to him at all. Just make, uh, like, even being, just forget about it. Right. He couldn't, to- he couldn't ignore it. He couldn't let it go. He sees his enemy instead of his friend. Sometimes he, get, he got uh, hyper-fixated on having his friend there, his enemy sitting there. He says, my bai, Sachi, what, do you, what, are you, what are you doing here? Kumpuk. So, right, this person says to Bar Kamsa, get up. So I'm like, Bar Kamsa says to him, since I'm already here, let me stay, and I'll pay for my meal. So as we arrive in Ahmed Aleph, Amr Lay, the host says, Lo. No, you have to leave. So Amr Lay, so Bar Kamsa says, Makes a great offer. He says, I'll pay for half of this wedding. So Amr Lay, no, the host says, Lo. So Amr Lay, I'll give you, I'll pay for this entire wedding, just let me stay. Amr Lay, Lo. And he refuses. So Goranowitz says, why not just let it go? Sometimes we get fixated on the details and we don't think about the consequences of our, you know, we lose, we lose our way, right? So, yeah, takes him with his hands and leads him out, bounces him out of the wedding. Unbelievable. So, Amar Bar Kamsa says, this is an amazing thing. Here's a Goranowitz Musser moment. 
Who did he take it out on? You know, you think he would take it out on the host, but it would become personal between him. But even Bar Kamsa intuited that the host, all right, so they had beef, right? They had a conflict and they were enemies. So that he sort of didn't focus on. What did he focus on? Rabbis were watching. And it doesn't have to be just rabbis with smicha. Chashev people watched and didn't say anything. And that really hurt him because that sounds like they were, right, supporting this behavior, right? You can't validate that kind of behavior. Shema mina kanichalu, it sounds like the, the, the local rabbanim, the people, the chashev people that were there, it was okay. Ezel echel bimalka. I'm going to go and get back at them by spreading slander. The word kurza is a reference to a type of to, to slander, right? Achilas kurzin, it used to be what they used to eat when they used to say Lashon Hara, or maybe it means wink, wink. Bottom line is gossip. That's what kurza means. I'll spread it against them in the, right, in the municipality, the royal people, right? Obviously, at that point, the Caesar was there, and that could have caused a tremendous problem, and it sure did. He went and told the Caesar. So again, the consequences of the actions here is not necessarily, and you'll see in the context of the story, it's not necessarily referring to Kamsa or Bar Kamsa, or the host. Who is it referring to? The rabbis that were there that didn't do anything also were uh, implicated, right? Because you have to, the, it's not just a consequence of action, Goranowitz, it's a consequence of inaction, okay? That sometimes could be a problem. So you gotta you gotta sometimes practically do the right thing. So also the Kesar, so he tells the Kesar, Mardu He made up a thing. This guy, Barkamsa, was not a necessarily a good dude either. Look at how creative he he was in causing problems. He goes and tells the Caesar that the Jews have rebelled against you. That's how angry he was. Amalai, so Caesar says me Yemar, who says? Amalai, so Barkamsa says, Shadullahu Kurbana, I'll show you. Here, I'll demonstrate for you. Bring a carbon, see if they bring it. Khazis Imakarvinle, see if they bring it. So also Tilta. So the Caesar goes and gets as the as the Tilta here says this is the best right uh, one of the best uh, finest right calves you could bring carbonus you could bring but the kaasi as he's going to shalim shadabimum unbelievable but Kamsa purposely places a mum benivsvasaim in the upper lip of the calf what's the what's the chap over here this is something that would be considered a mum for the Jews, and therefore they're not going to bring it, but the Caesar would never realize that that was a mum, right? Because for them, as Rashi explains, it would have to be a limb missing. And so since this is not something that they would even check for, it looks like the Jews are rejecting it because they're rejecting the whole malchus, not because of uh, halacha to do with this animal. So right? or some shabayin. Some say it was the nif the upper lip. Some say it was in the eye. Okay. So, either way, he made sure that it would be a place, whether it's the lip or the eye, where for us, the Jews, it would be considered a mum, because we check for that. But the Caesar would never know that it's a mum. And therefore, when we reject, right, this, well, he knew the Chazal were going to reject this korban, and he tried to set up a scenario that would anger the Caesar. So, so now, so the rabbis see, right, the Caesar's sending this korban. So now they have a conundrum, right, because if they don't bring it, that could be dangerous because they know that it's going to be taken the wrong way. It's going to be assumed as like an act of rebellion. So they thought maybe we should bring it, Mishum Shlom Malchus, right, in order to keep the peace. However, Amalu Rebbe Zachari ben Av Kulas, 
right? Of Zechariah ben Avkulas, I don't know if we've mentioned him yet, said, Yom Rubali Mumen, Kriven Lagabi Mizbech. People, right, we always wonder, who are these people? People are going to see and they're going to think that you can bring a Baal Mumen on the Mizbech if they see us bringing this thing. So, Savar Lamiktelai. So, he said, okay, maybe we should kill Bar Kamsa. Therefore, he can't report back that we didn't bring the Korban. I guess he would be the only one that would say it. Okay. The Lolez of Alema. This way he won't go tattletale. Amr Lahuz, Rabbi Zechariah, Yomr Meitil Mumba Kachim Yiharig. So, interestingly, right, the objection to that was not maybe we shouldn't kill. It was, well, if we kill him, people will think that you kill Bekachim. This is a, uh, this is an interesting issue to, to have that. Um, be that as it may, they decided, therefore, to do what? To just not bring the carbon, right? In other words, uh, you can't bring the carbon. Shlom Malchus uh, is not enough of a reason. And the focus here is what will people think? I think that there is a Garanowitz Muslim moment here. In other words, it wasn't, oh, Shlom Malchus, uh, what, what, what will people think? That's not enough for considering. Even killing, the issue was, what will people think? People will think that you can be made to move the country. This seems to be, if you ask me, Barry, a little bit of a warpage of values, right? What would, what would be, does, it doesn't look right. It's not going to give the right message. If we, uh, if we kill this guy, what's the wrong message? That you kill somebody for bringing a mumbakachim. Okay. Uh, bringing a mumbakachim, by the way, has a punishment, but not killing. It's, it's malchus. Be that as it may, We'll interrupt for the following observation. So again, we're saying that the Beis Amikdash was destroyed because of the story of Kamsa Bar Kamsa. Rabbi Yochanan is pointing out that it's the Av Sanusa, which is an unusual word. It usually means Anava, right? Uh, humility. Uh, our school translated as a tolerance, but really we know that an onav is a, is a humble person. So what's going on? The humility of Zechariah of Kulas was what was destroyed our base as Beisenu and burnt down our, our right Heichal and exiled us from our land. So that was the initiation, what instigated all of this Chorban. So what does it mean, Av Sanuso? What does it mean, humility? So this is what it means, that it's a certain type of uh, lack of assertiveness, right? He should have been more assertive. He didn't want to do this. He didn't want to do that. He was wishy-washy in, in this, according to Rabbi Yochanan, right? And according to Rabbi Yochanan, he should have been much more assertive in understanding that you have to stand up and sometimes do something, right, a little bit more bold in order to, you know, do the wrong thing for the right reasons, as Dr. Gerald from the Orthodontic Department used to say, right? You sometimes have to realize uh, this, the, the circumstance and be more assertive, you can't just be passive in this case. That's basically um, what he's saying, right? I, I saw it uh, as also an issue of looking at, right, what, what the perception of it is as opposed to the actual uh, merit of, of the case. We, we, we have that, right? We have that, in, um, we have that in life, especially, and we'll see more, more examples of this, right? When, you're, uh, when you have to cater to the pressure of the common narrative, right, and the culture around you, instead of sometimes swimming upstream, right, Avraham Avinu is Avraham because he's Aver, right, Mina, he knows how to sometimes be counterculture when you need to be, right, so sometimes you have to be uh, a little bit more assertive. Be that as it may, we resume the story. So, Shadar Alayla Niran Kesar, this is not, 
Nero is involved, so this is not going to go well. So, uh, so, so basically, once they uh, broadcast that this that this korban wasn't brought, Nero Kesar found out about it. Kika Asi, and as he approached Yerushalayim, shot the gear of the Mizrach Chasa Nafla Yerushalayim. Anywhere he shot an arrow, it fell towards Yerushalayim. He shot it towards the east. The Mizrach fell to Yerushalayim. The Marava Asa Nafla Yerushalayim. He does towards the west, falls to Yerushalayim. The Abar Ruchas Shemayim Asa Nafla Yerushalayim. Any any direction he he sends the arrow, it lands in Yerushalayim. Amalei Nuka. Then he goes and asks a child, Psokli Psukech. Right? We've seen. Uh, some of the gedolim uh, of the and Chazal do this when they ask, right? A tinok. Uh, this was like a uh, common practice then. Here, it's interesting that Nero would ask him to say a pasuk. Okay, so Amalei. So the boy says to him, Yisrael." Uh oh, that's ominous. Pasuk and Yechaskel says, "I'm going to take my revenge against Edom uh, through the agency of my people Israel." So, in other words, um, it it's through. The people, right, God will ultimately punish, right, Edom, which we know that there, that, that Rome was considered, right, coming from Edom. And be that as it may, it sounds like Edom's going to be the shaliach over here for the destruction. So Amr, he said to himself, It looks like Hashem wants to destroy the guys. And he wants to wipe his hand clean on me. In other words, by who Gavra, he's referring to himself in the third person, as some of the great athletes do, right? So it's a, it's a Gaiva thing. He refers to himself in the third person, basically saying, looks like he wants me to do his dirty work. Hashem wants me to do his bidding. And he ran away and converted to Judaism. Well, there's a twist, okay? Because he didn't want to do, right, the... He didn't want to do the dirty work. Now, wait a minute. Uh, is it possible? It sounds like from the Gemara that this was what? Nero. Nero Caesar was the one that, that was Megayar. That's what, it, that's what it sounds like. Some, some, uh, some opinions say that that, in fact, is the case. Okay? It's a little bit unclear who this, you know, historically, you have to look to see who this Nero Caesar is, right? And some Explanations that say that it was one of his generals, right? That that makes a little bit more sense that he sent the general and it was the general that converted. Be that as it may, um, it was an inspiring moment, right? Because it was a moment where he saw that uh, obviously, right? If somebody's asking a child, right? So again, the Gemara is unclear whether this was Nero or his general, and there's opinions in both directions. But the bottom line is, if you're asking a child to tell you a pasuk, sometimes you can tell where somebody's about to become a baltruva. Be that as it may. So this person was about to become a Baal Tshuva. It sounds like he was uh, ready for it. And he didn't want to be the Shaliach. So how do you avoid being a Shaliach? You convert. And sure enough, Nafak may Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir, the great, great Tana, came from that converted person. You may not have known that. Okay. Be that as may Shadre Lola Espanyas Kesar. So now Caesar sent the Vespasian Caesar against the Jews, right? Because the first... The first one didn't really work, right? Again, so now this might be referring to Nero or not, depending on how we held before. But here, the Vespasian maybe did not yet become a Caesar, so maybe Aspenius Caesar was a little bit premature. But the bottom line is Vespasian gets involved. And it was Vespasian himself that for three years besieged Jerusalem. And how were we able to survive the siege? Well, we had three Gvirim. Three very wealthy men, and they are Nakdimon Ben Gurion, 
we've mentioned many of these in uh, uh, many of these. We've mentioned some of these in other contexts. We'll get into these guys right now. The three characters are Nakdimon ben Gurion, Uven Kalba Savua, Kalba Savua, Uven Tzitzis Hakeses, and Tzitzis Hakeses. Let's talk about each one of these a little bit. Nakdimon ben Gurion, why he was called Nakdimon ben Gurion? Shenak the Lochama Bavuro. That was a case we talked about him in Tainus Yutes, where the where the son. Uh, stayed up on his behalf. There's a whole story in Tainus uh, uh, having to do with, with uh, paying back uh, on behalf of Kal Yisrael. He, he, took on, he took on a lot of financial responsibility on behalf of Kal Yisrael. Nakdimon Ben-Gurion uh, contributed to the, base of Mikdash, the second base of Mikdash as well. Um, and so he was a uh, very well-known Gvir in those days. Ben-Kalba Savua, right, famously known as being Rabbi Kiva's father-in-law. Why was he called, so called? She called Nicholas Levesok Shuraev Kekelev. Anybody who comes in starving as a dog, Yosik Shehu Savea, comes out not just satiated, but really satisfied. Ben Sitsas Hakeses, you may not have heard of him yet. Shehoisa Tsitsoso Nigreus Lagavik Sosos. He had his Tsitsis dragging on pillows. Okay? You can get into the halacha of dragging Tsitsis. Uh, with Rabbi Leibitz, a great Dafiomi master. Be that as it may, he was known for that. Or Rome. Maybe it just means that his cushion was placed between the nobles of Rome. And as Rashi points out, if that's the case, then it means his name happened to have been Tzitzis and his, and his nickname had nothing to do with his Tzitzis. Okay. Be that as it may, Chadam So what happened with these three rich men? Why are we bringing them up? Because there was a siege. So one says, He says, you know what? I'll provide all the wheat and barley for all of Klai Yisrael. Wow. For all of Yerushalayim, that is. One said, I'll give him wine, salt, and oil. said, I'm going to supply the wood. Wow. So, you know, the rabbis give honor to those who support them. And the biggest one was the one who supplied the wood. Why? That is a much, much more important, or at least harder to... Uh, Right, that's that's a resource that's going to be depleted much much quicker. So it's a bigger commitment, right? And there, how do we know? There, Chista Kol Akli they have a muscle He would give all the keys to his attendant. This has to do with the way Rav Chista treated with his business. So he had an attendant, and he would give him the keys to all of the warehouses, bar but not to the storehouse of wood. That has to be Fort Knoxbury because the wood is something that is very valuable. The Amar of Chista because he said. Akava in this context is not a kelev, it's this a storehouse. So a storehouse full of wheat, right? To bake a, a storehouse full of wheat requires 60 storehouses of wood. In other words, wood is something that is a much, right? Supply and demand would make it, the, the demand is so high that it makes it a much more important um, uh, commodity and therefore that is the one thing that he keeps the keys for. So between these three gavirim, they had enough, right, wheat and wood and salt and all of those things to sustain all of your shalim for 21 years. That, that should work. However, there was the Jewish mafia, and the rabbis said, So uh, this is well known, Barry. There was the instigators within Kal Yisrael, right? But we were under siege. So there are those who wanted to be diplomatic and those who wanted to fight. So, and that was sort of like an internal civil dispute within Klal Yisrael. Whenever we have machlokas uh, between ourselves, that's when we're the most vulnerable, obviously. Anyway, so the Baryanim, who are the aggressors, 
right? They said, so, so the Chazal is, is interesting also, right? The rabbis had political say and political influence. So the rabbis were the ones that wanted to do, be diplomatic. However, lo shavkinu. The, the Baryonim did not want to do that. So, they said, we want to go to war. So, the Baryonim said, that's not going to work. It's not going to be successful. So, what did the Baryonim do? They forced the issue by burning down the storehouses of wheat, barley, and wood. And so, that's how we ended up with a famine. We had enough for 21 years, but they forced the issue by destroying all of our... Uh, resources and putting an end to that discussion uh, with, with the rabbis. Unbelievable. Okay. So now let's talk about a story. The famine was so bad that Marta Basbaisius was one of the wealthiest women in Yerushalayim. We've already mentioned her in other contexts. She went out and she told her, you know, Shaliach, this is how bad the famine was. She says, go bring me bread from fine flour. So Adazal is Daben. By the time he went, it was sold. So also Amrullah, he went back and he said, we don't have the fine flour anymore. Now there's white bread. So Amrullah, she said to him, so bring me the white bread. So Adazal is Daben. Once he got there, the white bread had already been sold. So also So now the white bread is no longer there. Now we only have coarse bread. So So go bring the coarse bread. What doesn't he realize at a certain point, maybe just get whatever you can? So it doesn't work that way because when you have the wealthiest woman in your shalim, the attendant knows you have to give her exactly what she wants or else she's gonna, right? She's gonna freak out, right? You gotta get her the right thing. So maybe that contributed to this, uh, this yo yo situation back and forth coming back from the market. So Armalai Zeal Isili says, okay, fine, so bring the coarse bread. So the Azal is Dabin. By the time he got there, that was sold too. So also, Armala Gushkor Leka Kim Chadisarika. No coarse bread, barley, yes. Armalei Zilaisi, so go get me the barley. Adazal is dubbing. By the time he went, that was gone too. Have a Shlifa Misana Amra. So she went out barefoot, I don't know why, and said, Let me see if I can find anything to eat. So you see a real uh, vision of a woman fallen from grace so quickly. She stepped on some dung, animal dung on her way. That was too much for her. She was too much of an istinist. She couldn't take it. She passed away from disgust. Karile Allah Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkar, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkar, he was the Godol Ador at the time, said about her, Haraka v'chav anuga asherloni stachafragla. Those delicate ones, right, who never ventured upon the ground, right, she always walked like on pillows and clouds, they are going to, right, fall apart. This is a Pasuk, not from Navi. This is in Sefer Dvarim, right? We talk about, talks about the fall of Yerushalayim. So that's one version of how she ended up dying. Or Ikadarmi, some say, She ate the dried figs of Rabbi Tzadok. What are the dried figs of Rabbi Tzadok? We're going to explain. But that was uncool. That was gross for her. She couldn't take it for her palate. And that became nauseated and she died from that. Okay, so let's explain the Rabbi Tzadok thing. The Rabbi Tzadok, Yosef Arbayin Shani Betanisa. Rabbi Tzadok fasted for 40 years. Why? He tried to fast on behalf of Klai on behalf of Yerushalayim, so he shouldn't be destroyed. How did he know that it was going to be destroyed? First of all, all, uh, all the Nevi'im were talking about it. Secondly, there were many, many signs. We saw in Yuma, Daflamates, the Kohen Gadol at that point was dying every year, you know, on Yom Kippur. The, the uh, string that was either white or red was turning red every year. There were signs, right? You could have seen some of the, uh, 
some of the foreshadowing there. But, you know, sometimes the Quran was the moment. We don't want to see the signs, right? But be that as it may, Rav Tzadok certainly did. And he was fasting. He was so thin that whenever he would eat, you could see the food going down his throat. So whenever he would eat, he was no longer able to consume solids, so he would have dried figs. And and somehow would suck the moisture out and he would discard it. So he would get like figs, suck the moisture, whatever little moisture was there. That was the only nourishment. Unbelievable. It was the dried figs that he threw out that, that Marsa ben Vaisus had to eat. That shows you the level of the famine. Anyway, as she was dying, she took out all the gold and silver and she throws it out into the marketplace. And Amra, what's all this gold and silver? It didn't help me at all. That's a puzzle. Right? It's going to be such an awful famine. We see this incredible fall from grace, right? You think that the person whose feet never even touched the ground, right? It would take a while, a bunch of attorneys and lawyers and payoffs. It would take a while before she'd have to fall from grace. But when a Kaddish Baruch Hu wants to bring the Chorban, the fall can be precipitous fast, right? And so she went down so fast, she couldn't take, the, she couldn't take it and passed away. Okay, let's back, back to the story of the Chorban. Happens to be the Reishbir Yoni Yerushalayim, the mafia boss, right, was a nephew of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. So Shalach so they had a secret meeting. So Rabbi Yochanan Zakai said, let's have a meeting. We gotta put it, we gotta figure out how to survive here. So also, so Abasikra came. Amr Lais. So Rabbi Yochanan Zakai said to him, how, how much longer can we stand this way? You're gonna kill everyone through this starvation. So Amr Lay, Abbasikra says, My Ovid, what can I do? If I say anything to my constituents, right, the rest of the mafia, they're gonna kill me. What do you mean they're gonna kill me? Aren't you the mafia boss? Get control of your people. No, it got out of hand, Barry. Right? It happens to be when you make a concession to popular opinion uh, and you don't necessarily stand for your values, there's many examples of this, it can get out of hand, right? The popular opinion will engulf you and overwhelm you. And that happened to Abba Sikra. So he says, I can't control them. We have to figure out something else. So he says, you know what? Maybe get me out of here. Maybe I could figure out a way to get some small measure of Hatsala of self of right of help out of the situation. Maybe I could salvage something. You need to get me out of this city. Why, why, what's the get out? The historically they were all sieged in Yerushalayim, and the Baryonim weren't letting anybody out. That was an issue, okay? Uh, because again, they they were controlling the situation. So if Yochanan Mzakai could get out, maybe he could be diplomatic, right? They were trying to. Um, uh, this avoid this diplomacy, but maybe he could sneak out. So Amar Sabasikra, right, the mafia boss over here of the Baryonim was conspiring with his uncle, Abiyachanim Zakai, the Gadolador, to get him out to maybe at least save save some something out of the situation. So Abasikra says to him, Nekot make yourself like you're sick. And the whole world will come to your big Levaya, right? We're gonna stage a Levaya here. And then take something that smells bad, like the like uh, nevela, lay it down next to you so that you smell smells like you're dead. Everyone's going to think that you're dead. We're going to sneak you out in what's called the reverse Trojan horse, right? We're going to get you out of here, um, out of town, right? As if we're giving you a levaya, because as we know, in those days, this was uh, 
they did not have levayas within the walls of Yerushalayim. There was no cemetery, right? That's the halacha that you have. You can't bury human corpse. Ramam hilchas beis bechira. Okay, so therefore, for levayas, they would let people out, right? Okay, so they had to stage levayah. Yochanan mitzaka v'leilabach tamidach. All the students will take your your right coffin, so to speak, not your coffin, but you know what I mean, your body. And we're not going to let anybody else carry the low lirgashon bach because if anybody else would carry, they would realize that you're unexpectedly light because everybody knows the inu yali the chayikolim mesa. Everybody knows that a dead dead weight is so called because it's heavier, and so they'll feel something's up. So we have only a small group of people in this inner circle who know that this trick is going on, this fake levaya. So avarachi, they did that. So they had Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi the trusted Talmidim carrying him. They were in on it. So when they got to the walls, again, the Baryonim and the Trani people keep everybody in, wanted to stab him to make sure he was dead, right? Because obviously they knew that if they're letting people, they're not letting anybody out, but if they're letting you out for Leviah's, right? So then they better make sure that it's a real Leviah. So Amr Lahu, so Abba Sikra, who was the Don, said, guys, guys, don't, poke him because people are going to say you're stabbing the rabbi that's not good so they said well let's push him around they're going to say that you push the rabbis around it's a bad look guys just let the rabbi go they opened the, the gates in Nafak and they finally got out fine gets out runs straight to the Roman camp and he says to Vespasian Shalom Aleichem. So Amalei Vespasian said to him, it was Shalom Aleichem King. So he says, Mechayv te katla. You are Chayev Misa twice. Why? Chad de lav malka anav e kakaris de malka. First of all, you can't call a non-king a king. Okay. Vesu e malka anav. And secondly, if I am indeed a king, Adidna, my loss is the Gabai. Why did you not come until now? So Amalei, so Yochum Zakai said, the Ka'amas lav malka anav. Well, let me answer these questions. First of all, the fact that you're not a king, as we turn to Nervavim Be'ez, Ibr Malkad. Yeah, the truth is you're about to be a king. The Ilav Malka because your Shalaim is in your right is under your control, and it would not be so if you weren't a king. Because we have the Pasuk in Isaiah, Valvanon Ba'adir Yipal. That the Vanon, which we know is a reference to the Beis Hamikdash, right, as Rashi says in the top line over here, right, because it's Malbin of an essentially Israel. It's only going to fall to a king. And when we say Adir, we're referring to a king. That Adir is a Melech. This Rashi says over here, the top Rashi. This is the beginning of Parshat Veschanan. Moshe Rabbeinu wants to see. The Har Hatov is the, right, is the Har Bais, and the Levanon is the Beis HaMikdash. It, so Rabbi Yochum Zakai says, uh, that's the first thing. First of all, yes, you are king. If you ask me why I didn't come until now, there was Bayonim closing me in. So Amar Lei, so Vespasian says back to Rabbi Yochanan Zakai, He asks him the following question. He says, wait a minute. If, let's say, you see that you have a uh, something that's attracting a poisonous snake, like a barrel, a keg of honey. So, what are you going to do? The the snake's going to kill everyone. So you have to break the you have to break the thing of honey in order so that the snake doesn't come get you. So similarly, that's that's the analogy. You're saying you should have broken the walls of your shalim, right? In order so that right in order so that you can not be killed by me, right? So why are you allowing the baryonim? 
you're allowing them not to destroy the city. Um, in other words, you should have allowed the city's walls to fall, right, in order to, in order to facilitate you coming to visit me. So Ishtik, Rabbi Yochanan Zakkai did not answer. To this, as a side point, some of the rabbis said an amazing thing. The Pasuk in Isaiah, the Pasuk says that Hashem sometimes turns Chachamim backwards and makes their thinking foolish. Why? It's as a punishment for Klal Yisrael's sins. In other words, sometimes Chachamim don't get the Siata de Shmaya to handle a situation well because they, Klal Yisrael doesn't deserve it. Why? Because he bought the Lamei Because Rabbi Yochanan Zakkai could have had a good, good answer. What could he have said? Shaklin and Tzavta, Shaklin lit the dark of a Katlin and Yeah, take tongs, take the snake and kill it. Right? Shoot the snake in the head or f- figure out a different way. Why do you have to break the barrel? You have to break the city of Yerushalayim in order to get at the right Baryanan Bachavisa Shavkin and We could just leave the keg intact. We don't have to tear down the walls of Yerushalayim and self destruct. That's what he could have said, but he didn't say it. Okay. So now, anyway, continue with the story. So, in the meantime, a messenger arrived, and sure enough, come arise, Caesar is dead, and they decided to appoint you, Vespasian, leader. So, sure enough, Rabbi Yochan Mazakai was correct. Vespasian at the time was only wearing one of his shoes. Tries to put on a second shoe, and it doesn't go on. And he t- tried to take off the other shoe. Maybe at least he could be barefoot instead of asymmetrical, but it's not coming off. So one's not coming on, the other one's not coming off. Amar, my high. He says, what is this? Amar, Lehi, says, No, not to worry. You don't have uh, gout or swelling of the feet. Happens to be, you heard good news. And that can swell the body a little bit. Because we have a pasuk in Mishlei, Shemua Tova, Tadashan, Etzem. I mean, you're good news. It could sometimes... Inflate you a little bit. Elamai takante. So what should you do? It's very simple. Take somebody you don't like too much. Have them walk by you. Give you a bad feeling, and right away your joints will uh, slim down. Okay. Again, it's a continuation over there in Mishlei that 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 when you have a broken spirit that dries up your bones. They found the guy that Vespasian hates. He walks around. Amalei. Perfect. Boom. Bada bing. Bada boom. That worked. So he says, wait a minute, since you know so much stuff, you still didn't answer my question, why didn't you come visit me? So Amalei, Rabbi Yochanan Zakai said, I already explained to you that why I didn't come visit you, because I was locked in. So Amalei, Vespasian says, yeah, but I already told you the whole analogy with the snake and the thing. Um, so I, I answered your answer. So Amalei, so Vespasian says, you know what? Forget it. I like you. I'm going to go back to Rome. I'm sending somebody else who's probably worse than me. And the Schorbrens are going down. So ask me now for something. Maybe I can help you with a little bit. So amazingly, Amalei, or Yochanan ben Zakkai, as we see, the Gemara will ask, he could have asked, just save your Shalim. But he thought that that would be tafasta meruba lo tafasta. That would be uh, asking for too much. He wanted to keep it very simple and subtle because he wanted to ensure that at least he can give him these three things. And they are, number one, Okay, give me the town of Yavne. There's a bunch of rabbis there. No big deal. Nothing to see here, right? Really, he was saving all of Klal Yisrael and Torah. That, that is fa- the famous request. There were two more requests. Save the family of Gamliel because that was going to be a way of preserving the Davidic dynasty. And back to Rabbi Tzadok, we want to bring rabbis to cure him. Why that was so important um, is not entirely clear. 
but he certainly was a big tzaddik. Anyway, Karalei Rabbi Yosef, Yitame Rabbi Kiva, with that, they said the same thing they said before. Again, he could have asked for more, because after all, So he said, let, let all of Yerushalayim be left alone. However, that the Gemara explains on behalf of Yochan Medzakai, that would have been, like we said before, right? He thought that would not be fulfilled. And then, Right, he would lose everything. So therefore, he tried to salvage at least something that he he thought he could reliably get, and he sure enough that ended up being a really good strategy. Okay, what about Reb Tzadok? So the doctor secured Reb Tzadok. Mahi, what was the treatment? So Yomakama Shukam Mayadaperi. First, they fed him water that was soaked in bran. Lamacha Mayadasipuka. Then a mixture of bran flour together, soaked, and then Lamacha Lamayadakimcha. Next day, flour with some water. Ah, the Ravach Mayaporta Porta. They widened his intensity slightly. And uh, anybody who's a Dafyomi Magid Shir is contractually obligated to point out the Holocaust survivors who were met with the American soldiers who gave them the chocolate, right? Um, because that is, uh, this is a similar scenario. Uh, you know, in our times, right, we are familiar with the modern version of Horban, right, where the Horban is so severe. And uh, when, when he fasted and he came back and he was skin and bones, right, he could have to be nursed back to health Slowly. Be that as it may, Azul Shadrila Titus. Here we get to Titus. So who did Vespasian send? Titus Harasha. This was a real uh, a real switch over, over here. This is a Pasak actually in Devarim, in Sefer Devarim. As the, with regards to this, they said, Where is their Hashem? They sought right salvation in Hashem. Ze Titus Harasha. Right? The Titus is the one. Right, who is was like the worst. He was the one that said, Where is Hashem? He he was very much blasphemous and rebellious. He took a zone of a nichlas to vase kotcha kadashim. This sounds very intentional. Lahachis takes a zona to the kodesh kadashim, Rahman al Slan, Vitsiya Sefatar Vara Lea Vera. Right? And he takes out a sefatar, rolls it, and he does the Avera with the zona in the Kodesh Kadashim. You can't like if you're trying to design the worst Avera, he pretty much pulled it off. Benatal see if the paroches takes a sword, slashes the paroches. Hashem was kind of like the derech shadam molichimoto. Hashem was kind of like playing along and let blood drip down the paroches. He said, "You can't say that he thought he killed himself. It's a euphemism that he thought he killed Hashem." The pasuk to heal him that the the enemies of Hashem. They roared and they saw these signs, these osos. He had a real sign that he was successful. So, Abachanan Omer, Micha Chamochasin Ka, right? The restraint of Hashem, Chasin, is like he's restraining. It's a Pasukit to Hillim. Micha Mocha Chasin Vekashe, right? He's restraining. Look at this. Shatashamean, Utsu Vigidufa Shalosa, Rosh Vishosek, right? Titus is obviously, the Hacha is trying to do the worst thing you could do, and Hashem is allowing it to happen. Even from right? That's a Pasuk in Az Yashir, right? And we say that it's Ilmim, that Hashem is, right? Hashem is secure, right? He's self-assured, and he allowed this to happen because it had to happen in, in that moment. Be that as it may, what happened with Titus? What did he do? He takes the parochas, now he turns it into a sack. He takes the clay, puts it and he brings it back, sends it back to Italy. Right? That I saw that the wicked men who deserve to be buried, 
they come and they have the you know the rule of the place. I mean, Malcolm Kadosh Yalechu and departed from that Malcolm Kadosh Veishtachu Beir Asher Kenasu, and eventually they'll get to the forgotten city Yerushalayim, right? Altikrikvurim Ela Kvutzim, not buried but gathered the Kalim. Altikri Veishtachu that they're forgotten Ela Veishtabchu, and you could say that you saw them gathered together and. And in the end, they were praised in the city which where they lived, right? They're bringing back all these, right? If you go to the Arch uh, of, um, right, of Triumph in, in, um, in Italy, and you see, right, Titus, the, the picture, Titus's Ark, right? And you see the picture of them bringing all the Caleb, and they, they erect this Ark, and they give them all this uh, accolades. Some say, no, they buried it. Even hidden things, like valuable things that are hidden by the Jews were revealed to them. In other words, the uh, Titus, for all of his horrible, horrible behavior, actually had a lot of in the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash because we uh, actually uh, deserved it. So we'll resume tomorrow. What was the way that the end of Titus will resume about 10 to 15 lines up from the bottom of Nun Vav Bays tomorrow uh, with the uh, continuation of the, of the story of the destruction? May we merit to see the base of Mikdash rebuilt from here, Bayamino.